One of the things that probably you're all aware of, uh, and honestly, I didn't know this. I've told you, I have told you, I am not a lifelong conspiracy theorist. I continue to be shocked at how little I've known, you know, on my 40 trips around the sun or whatever simulated uh, version of that uh, uh, squares with, uh, with, (laughs) with my cosmology. Um, The Christmas music to which we are ruthlessly subjected. I mean, you are smacked in the face. Literally, you are, you are shopping for your Thanksgiving turkey, and they are queuing up Mariah Carey. She's hiding in the frozen aisle, waiting to bludgeon you with her screed. These Christmas songs, even the classic ones, all have something in common. Well, they don't have nothing to do with Christ, and they have nothing to do with 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 the incarnation of the second person of the blessed trinity so who would who would go out of their way to write all these christmas songs you wonder honestly who would do that who would do such a thing well it turns out that there may actually be a common ancestry uh to the folks who write these christmas songs and uh i have a feeling that you probably know uh a thing or two about that so that's maybe as far as i'll go on that but If you were a committed enemy of Christ, let's say, if you were born as an enemy of Christ and you were, uh, you were, uh, I don't know, a secularist, an atheist, uh, hated Christ, you would subvert Christmas in the following ways. Number one, you would take people's eyes off of our Lord. You would hide the birth of Jesus Christ on earth, the incarnation of the second person, of the blessed Trinity, you would, you would just, you would hide that. Number two, you would pervert the, the liturgical calendar. And this is something that really gets to me. When, when we read Dom Garanger and the liturgical year, and we read uh, all of the beautiful Advent and Christmas traditions from our betters, our forefathers in the faith, upon whose shoulders all of us are standing, uh, we find that, uh, well, we find that there's a, there's a whole lot of tradition there, but one of those things that's not a tradition, it's not a tradition to start listening to Christmas music while you're shopping for your Thanksgiving turkey. Um, and I, golly, does this bother every, anybody else? This is the first time I brought this up on the show, I think. Um, and I, I got to tell you guys, this is something we've got to get. We have to take up space. We have to ask people, uh, when people say Merry Christmas to me now, I don't say it back. I don't say Merry Christmas back. I say, yeah, almost, or we're getting there, or I can't wait till it is. And what we need to do is we need to celebrate Christmas the way we're supposed to on Christmas. And thereafter, there's a whole Christmas cycle. We've got the 12 days of Christmas. We get to Epiphany. We have the time after Epiphany, all the way to Candlemas. Candlemas is February 2nd. And it is a it is a, a, a splendid and beautiful and solemn mass tied to the to, to the purity of Our Lady. So we need to we need to look at all of these things. We need to say, okay, when am I going to put my Christmas tree up? When am I going to do all of those things? My house right now, I can tell you, I can tell you right now, does not have a single Christmas decoration in it at the moment. And as we uh, move forward in time. And Advent uh, becomes more intense. And as we get closer and closer to uh, the birth of our Lord, 
we're going to see some purple coming out in my house. We're going to see some some images covered in purple, shrouded, shrouded in the mystery of the incarnation. And um, at first, uh, well, we had we used to do this family reveal thing, where um, Saint Nicholas himself would come overnight after midnight mass, and he would decorate the Christmas tree. So the children would wake up, and the Christmas tree would be decorated um, by 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 Saint Nicholas, who had who had come that night. Well, Saint Nicholas is getting a little older. <laughs> And that midnight mass, that midnight mass on Christmas Eve, it's not getting any shorter. <laughs> so I don't know about any of you, but Saint Nicholas probably doesn't need to be moving around at three, three or four in the morning, hanging Christmas ornaments on trees. Um, it, it maybe was a good start. So Saint Nicholas wrote our family a letter, and he he wrote the children, and he said, "Hey, you are now of age to where on Christmas Eve you can decorate the tree." So I don't have to do it for you. I, I did it when you were small, but you know, you, you, you've, you've got plenty of helping hands. Um, and this kind of gets to the letter that I wanted to talk, talk to you guys about. Uh, today is the feast of St. Nicholas. And in Christendom, this was a huge feast. I mean, even in Protestant Christendom, like even in, um, in the Netherlands, for example, St. Nicholas Day is kept as a feast day. St. Nicholas Day was truly a joyous occasion, especially for children. And it, and, um, and it is a day at the beginning of Advent where, you know, typically we're, we're giving stuff up. It's a little bit penitential. We're preparing for the incarnation of the second person of the Blessed Trinity. And we are, uh, well, we, 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 we get a little treat from St. Nicholas, a little, a little encouragement. And what, uh, what my family's done is that the children have received words of encouragement, actual written in cursive, because cursive is racist, uh, written words of encouragement for, uh, for the children, for their perseverance in Advent. So here's what we do. And it's not too late to do this. And this is why I should have told you about this yesterday, but I, it slipped my mind. But, but today's the day, and you can, we can still do something, Okay. Our children laid out their shoes. A lot of people know about the shoes. You put the shoes out in front of the fireplace or wherever. And what, my, what mine do is they, they each draw, uh, for those who can't write yet, they draw, but everybody draws pictures of what they would like to receive for Christmas. And since I'm a pretty boy-heavy family, I get a lot of pictures every year for St. Nicholas of like swords and shields and, and guns and knives and, and battle axes and who knows what. Things that you can bludgeon the enemies of the enemies of God with. So very cool. Love that. Um, I get I get I get lots of pictures of things that they want. And Saint Nicholas, overnight between last night and this morning, would have arrived to our living room, and he would have taken up those letters from the children, and he would have um, he would have placed a little gift um, inside the children's shoes. Oftentimes it's, it's just gold candy coins, um, uh, gold chocolate, you know, foil wrapped in gold, uh, chocolate coins. And sometimes there's, there, there are other little gifts. Uh, one year, I think he brought them all snow boots cause we were getting a pretty heavy snow, even, even early December of that year. And the most important thing that he does, and this is one of the, one of the best ways that I have found 